For nearly two years, families and community members have been waiting for more information about what went wrong in the lead-up to the deadly mass shooting at Oxford High School. Now, their wait is over. This could have been avoidable, and you can read that word many times throughout the entire report. An independent investigative firm published a 572-page report late Monday about the school shooting that happened November 30th, 2021. In it, four students were killed. Madison Baldwin, Tate Muir, Justin Schilling, and Hannah St. Juliana. Six other students were injured, as was an Oxford High School teacher. This report has been a long time in coming. It arrives as several legal cases related to the shooting are still in process. Today on the pod, we'll dig into what this detailed investigation had to say about the actions of school staff, and we'll hear from a mom, an Oxford resident, about how her community is reacting to this long-awaited report. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. The main point is that the district was responsible for keeping students at Oxford High School safe, and it failed to do so. That's Michigan Radio criminal justice reporter Binish Ahmed. She's been digging into the report for us, which details what school staff did and should have done to prevent the shooting nearly two years ago. The investigation found that if the district had created threat assessment guidelines, that if it followed the threat assessment policies it did have in place, the shooting could have been prevented. Hmm. Who was it that actually had their hands on writing this report? And, And I was wondering what information they were able to draw from. Yeah, this report was written by Guidepost Solutions, which is a company that does these sorts of independent investigations. And the report's authors say they had, quote, arguably unprecedented access to evidence from the criminal investigation. They also interviewed more than 100 people, including victims' families, current and former school board members, district administrators, school staff members, law enforcement officers, prosecutors, the list goes on. The Oxford Community School Board hired that company to look into what happened at the high school leading up to the school shooting and what could have been done to prevent it. They already came out with a report on current security practices at Oxford High School. I remember that some months ago. What are what are some of the specific ways that the investigators talk about where the district didn't do what it could have and maybe should have to prevent this from happening? Yeah, so I mentioned this briefly already, but the district didn't have threat assessment guidelines. These are specific things to watch for that signal that a student might pose a harm to themselves or others. The board charged the superintendent to create these guidelines, but didn't ensure that he followed through. So the report puts responsibility on both of them for failing to properly assess the threat posed by this shooter. And there's a lot of other related things that didn't happen, according to this report. The school district did not have regular trainings on threat assessment for staff. Staff weren't aware of the low threshold for threats, and they also weren't told how to specifically characterize and address threats. So basically, Without these formalized practices for how to determine if a student is a threat, school staff were just kind of following their own judgment 
And they also made a number of bad calls through this. The report also considered how the school might have responded differently to the shooter himself, potentially stopping him from this this plan that he came up with. What did the authors have to say about that? Yeah, there's so many things listed in this report, but I'll just zero in on one of them that struck me, and that is how moments before the shooting took place, school staff could have stopped it. If you recall from previous reporting, we already know that Ethan Crumbly was taken into the guidance counselor's office on the day of the shooting. That was because he had drawn a picture on a math assignment of a person with a gun and a bullet-riddled body. So he was there with this guidance counselor and the dean of students. At one point, that dean of students brought in Crumbly's backpack, but they didn't search it. Uh, he had said, according to testimony in court, what do you have in here, bricks? But despite that, a search wasn't conducted. And if they had searched that backpack, they would have found the shooter's journal detailing his plans to shoot up the school and the gun and bullets he used to do it. The shooter's parents were asked to come in, and the report says his parents should have been required to take their son home and get him mental health treatment. Instead, the shooter was sent back to class, and almost immediately after he left that guidance counselor's office, he began shooting at fellow students. Beanish, this report has been a very long time in coming, right? Yeah, the Oxford School Board voted to have an independent investigation like this just one week after the school shooting. But it took months of pressure from Oxford families demanding answers for the school board to commission this report from Guidepost Solutions. And even then, there were challenges that that independent investigator faced to get the information they needed to write this report. Uh, the Detroit News filed a story about the teachers union telling its members not to cooperate with investigators. And Guidepost said that more of them began talking at the beginning of this year. And that led to the report we have now, which is one of the most comprehensive looks we have at the school district leading up to the shooting. And again, what could have been done to prevent this tragedy? We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll check in about how the Oxford community is reacting to the Guidepost report. We'll be right back. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Emily Bush is an Oxford resident and a mother of two. Her teenage son was in music class when a sophomore student at Oxford High began firing in the hallways. 
Her son was ushered to safety by his teacher, but her family has been forever changed by the event. Since the tragedy, she's joined other community members in a search for accountability. And she says that for many Oxford survivors and families, the Guidepost report confirms some things that they've known for a long time. I think some of the most um, shocking or um, some of the information that we didn't really have access to, um, I'll say, were the details surrounding who didn't cooperate, some of the details with regard to the actual tragedy. Um, But I think one of the most shocking for me personally and the people with whom I've surrounded myself was the lack of cooperation with some of the people inside the district. And then there were details that came out, obviously, with where this organization guidepost placed the biggest responsibility. And although the group of folks that I have worked with over the last almost two years knew the lack of cooperation from an administrative standpoint, I think it was still just surprising to see it on paper. And coming from an outside investigation, perhaps? Yes. You know, there was a lot of skepticism leading up to this release of the report from different groups within our community. And um, I think the skepticism lies a lot um, in where people believed things broke down. But I do believe that Guidepost was as unbiased as, as possible. One of the top lines in the report was that while the Oxford School District had committed and agreed that a threat assessment process was important, that the the superintendent at the time did not authorize anyone to get procedures in place to take responsibility for that process, making sure that all staff knew what to do in all buildings and when to do it and how to do it. Was that any kind of confirmation to your what you've learned in your experiences? I think, yes, it was a confirmation, but I think it was shocking to read on paper that there had been no formal training since 2018. And while we knew that there were policies and procedures in place, they had been saying all along, look, it's right here. We have it. It's in our binder. But the greater overarching message is that's fine that it's there, but if you don't follow it, then it doesn't work. The policy was in place, but to have it in place versus to have it in practice are two very different things. One of the things that that struck me as I was reading was just how very much responsibility we place on school administrators. Guideposts investigators went through an extremely detailed recitation of the things that could have happened and should have happened when once a teacher identifies that there's a student who has, you know, has an emotional problem going on that might suggest violence. Not only were school administrators and school counselors, not only were they not getting much help from the shooter's family, but the, the family, you know, the parents were actually the ones who, who bought the shooter the gun that he used. I don't think anyone in public education is blind to the stakes. And I know this is on the mind of, of everyone who sets foot in a school every day. 
But Emily, just like reading what what it might have taken to head things off, do you think that people who work in our schools can be fully prepared for this level of threat assessment and security work? I think the overarching message with regard to that aspect is that, and it very states it very clearly in the report, that there was a failure in leadership from the president of the school board all the way down to the superintendent through the superintendent's cabinet. And so when you look at what I consider a massive failure in leadership, I think you can translate that to an overall lack of um, attention to this issue, children in crisis, people in crisis, and a failure in leadership across the board with regard to this specific issue. With regard to teachers today being almost expected to recognize the signs of someone in crisis, it is only through threat assessment and suicide assessment that they are able to do that. Um, And so if people aren't recognizing that need from a leadership perspective, then the teachers and the educators and the support staff within the actual school, in the trenches, if you will, they can't be expected to know that unless the leadership disseminates that through the entire organization. So I think you have to be careful with how much responsibility is placed on the teachers in the classrooms and the support staff, and it all starts at the top. The report also says that some safety and security rules at Oxford High were followed and that lives were saved as a result. Was that something that that you knew about? Oh, absolutely, especially with regard to the um, Alice lockdown, the night locks. Um, For the most part, the swiftness in which the hallways were cleared, I do believe that lives were saved. The children, the kids that were closing the doors, slamming the light locks in through the bottom of the door into the floor and shuffling people into rooms, teachers and students. So I absolutely knew that there were lives saved by the training with regard to the Alice lockdowns and how to use the night lock. But again, this could have been avoidable, and you can read that word many times throughout the entire report, had we done a better job or had they done a better job recognizing what was an impending tragedy. Just for those who aren't as studied in this, Alice training is is something that's been developed to help schools and other institutions in, in active shooter situations. The A in Alice is for alert, L for lockdown, I for inform, C for counter, and E evacuate. And it's, it's something that um, sadly has become much more widely used in Michigan schools. Can I ask Emily what you thought of the reportage? I th- you you mentioned the fact that there there was skepticism in the community and and you know people weren't sure if this was going to be an above board uh, report that you know there were concerns that it might be swayed since it was commissioned in part by the district. I mean what what did you think of the reportage? What what are the clues that you have of whether whether or not this is as independent as it was promised to be? I think with their transparency and how they actually named names in the report and detailed who they reached out to, who responded, who didn't, who refused comment. So I think the skepticism surrounding how they were conducting their investigation, whether or not it was going to be transparent, whether or not 
um, there was would be some biases with within the report and how they conducted it. I think they did an incredibly thorough job in explaining and detailing their pathway to the truth and how it was reported. Um, I hope that the community as a whole takes away from this and from the report as we continue to digest the report um, that they they really tried to turn over every rock. They really did. You know, the the process of saying, you know, who who agreed to who agreed to share thoughts and who didn't. I mean, that's as journalists, we sometimes run into this and there there are different situations in which reporters and editors may disagree. Well, is it is it providing transparency to say who was willing to share a perspective or is it shaming the people who who did not? I think I'm hearing you say that it is important to know who who was willing to contribute to the narrative and who didn't. It is. And I think it's important because I still send my child into that school every day. And as a community where we have our children, our friends, children, our nieces, our nephews, our grandchildren going into this district, um, it's important to know who was cooperative and who wasn't and whether or not there's a pathway to those particular individuals remaining part of the organization. Yeah. The investigators, for those who maybe don't know what we mean by who who spoke to investigators and who didn't, the investigators spoke to more than 100 people, but they acknowledged that there were others who did not. Um, Do you think the narrative is complete without those voices? I don't think it can be complete because some of the truth of what happened lies in their decisions and their personal decisions that day. Um, but I think from the perspective of those that were in the building, those that had interacted with the shooter that day, those that did share the information provides enough of a picture. Um, but from the perspective of those that directly interacted with him the day before and the day of, and if they didn't participate, which some of them did not, then some of the truth still lies in their experience. But I believe there's enough evidence and enough content from what was provided for there to be enough of a picture of the truth. Um, Emily, how do you think this report will be used? That's a fantastic question. And honestly, um, I can tell you how I hope it will be used. I hope it will be used as an example for other communities, other school districts across the state and across the nation as to what should be done and how to better safeguard our our nation's children. Um, I don't know specifically how the district and how the district leadership will utilize this report. That, That remains to be seen. My hope is that, again, it will be used by other communities to safeguard their children and to prevent this from happening to their communities. Emily, if I can just ask uh, maybe how your family's doing. It really, um, every every fall, I can't help but think of all the kids who, in America, really, but also in Oxford, who are heading back into classrooms, places where they have had reason not to feel safe. I say this a lot um, when I'm speaking with people about the tragedy 
I'm fortunate that I have been able to provide professional help for my son. So I, I know that he's doing well and he's, he's finding a groove. Um, so I, I think my, my, my child's doing relatively well. Um, again, outside of the normal teenager stuff of hating algebra and trying to find his way through different subjects at school. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm grateful. But again, I, I always hesitate and it, it reminds me that there are four families, um, who aren't fortunate and who still struggle every day. And I worry about the kids who are acutely aware of what our community's been through, who go to school every day, who fear this could happen to them. Emily Bush of Oxford, Michigan. Emily, thank you so much for speaking with us about this. Thank you, April. I appreciate your time. That's the Stateside podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by April Van Buren. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, and Mercedes Mejia. Our intern is Olivia Moradian. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.